This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As that intro just stated, I'm your host, Tia, and today we are going to be recapping the Top 10 Moments of iZombie. Now, this has been a show that I have been a fan of for years. Um, When it originally started, I did not watch the first season. I remember them promoting it on the CW, but the name actually kind of, uh, you know, I guess deterred me a little from watching it, and boy, was I wrong. If there's anyone out there who who felt the same way as I did, do not let the title of the show steer you away. It is a fantastic show that you should be watching. And unfortunately, in a few days, we're going to be seeing the fifth and final scene, uh, not scene, wow, the fifth and final season come out on the CW, which I cannot believe. I guess we should be happy that it has gone on as long as it has, but still still very sad. Um, It seems like a show that the CW doesn't seem two uh, concerns with kind of focusing on. Obviously, they have their DC shows and they have Supernatural, which actually is also coming to an end after 15 years. But iZombie has just been one of those shows that I've always thoroughly enjoyed. But uh, as we kind of move on into this show, I do have to announce uh, my host, uh, my guest host for this show, because it seems like I'm like one of the only people at Geek Vibes who watches iZombie. So I asked the amazing Robin and Steph from the iZombie podcast to be joining me. And I believe I have either Robin or Steph on the line right now. Uh, Steph, Robin, you guys there? <laughs> I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is how, do it, how does it sound? Does it sound okay? You actually sound perfect. Okay, because I'm having technical difficulties. Oh, it's no problem. I kind of make a joke that every time I do the top ten, there always seems to be a bit of technical difficulties for me, so I completely uh, just sympathize with that. But thank you, Steph, for being on today. Um, I, As I was saying before you hopped on, I asked you and Robin uh, from the iZombie podcast to join us uh, just because I really want to get this through with iZombie coming out with its fifth and final season in only a few days. And I have to ask you before we get Robin on the phone, how do you feel that CW really has not been giving us a whole lot of promotion for this final season? Oh, you know, that's just the way it goes. When a show is brand new, they put a lot behind it and then... You know, they're focusing on their new shows. They don't, you know, care about shows that are in their final season. They're just burning it off. That's what it seems like. And I'm wondering now that they've announced that Supernatural is coming out with its final season next year, if there's going to be a whole lot of promotion for them. Because we've obviously seen this is a show that has lasted 
well over a decade. Um, so I'm just wondering if it's going to be the same or it just seems a little like they tend to forget that iZombie exists, even though we have, as I call it, a tiny but mighty fan base. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I don't I, know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before, again, we get Robin on, do you want to tell us a little about your podcast that everyone should be listening to? Oh, iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. It's the number one iZombie podcast. Everybody <laughs> should be listening to it. <laughs> you definitely should be listening to it. And with that being said, we have Robin on the phone. Welcome, Robin. Hi, I wasn't sure if you heard me or not. How you doing? Doing very well. Yeah, I just switched it over, so I just kind of wanted Steph to cool. finish promoting you guys because um, you were probably one of the first podcasts that I've listened to, and I very much enjoyed oh, wow. it always. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what? Now that we got both of you on, let's kind of get into this. So, ten I zombie moments. Um, I'll obviously guide you guys through as this is your first top 10 with us. So I'm going to actually start with you, Robin, if you want to give us your number 10 moment of iZombie. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we have Throwing you into the fire. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, between Seth and I, we wrote down about 29. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know how ranked these are. Uh, they're actually not ranked at all. Is that Okay. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. We always start with it, and but then you'll notice it's kind of everywhere, these lists. So we always say, yes, it's a top ten, but it's not an in-order top ten. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the, the first one I had to write down was when Liv finds her calling at the end of the pilot. Uh, she's so depressed uh, throughout the whole thing because she doesn't know what to do with her life. But uh, she finds meaning in uh, working this case, uh, investigating the death of Lady Gaga, maybe? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's somebody running under the name uh, Stephanie Germanata. <laughs> but, uh, but she uh, helps Clive with this case and realizes that she can use her powers for good. She, she can eat brains and, and get these memories and, and use basically the victim's, uh, the victim's experiences to help her figure out who actually killed the person. So uh, the whole ending speech where she's talking about like how she wanted to help people and, and all she needed was some hope that there's a future that I fit into somehow, she says. And, uh, and, and she hasn't been able to sleep like this entire episode. And as the episode ends, she's finally able to get some rest. Yeah, it, it is a fantastic way, first of all, to start off this list and the show itself, um, mm-hmm. kind of the, it, delving into the fact that Liv has been quite depressed since becoming a zombie, which let's admit it, we probably would be depressed as well. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to show that once she kind of opened up herself a little to not only uh, being friends with Ravi, but also helping out Clive, even though at first he thinks that she's pretty much just a psychic, it's really Mm -hmm. nice that she finds her calling and realizes that even though she is in a pretty bad situation, she can make the best of it. So I do really 
like this choice, Robin. Um, Steph, do you want to comment on uh, Robin's choice right now? Oh, yeah, just, yeah, that's, that was like the show's, um, what do you call it? It's like a mission statement there. <laughs> mission it's, statement, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just wrapped up the whole show in a nutshell. Yeah, it pretty much gave us what we were going to be expecting from the series moving forward, that this is going to be Liv in her mission to somehow use her, I guess, powers for good Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and helping out Clive and everything like that. So, yeah, definitely a great way to start the series, to start this podcast, Liv finding her calling. So, great choice, Robin. Um, Thank you. Steph, do you, <laughs> you want to give us your number nine iZombie moment? Okay, in season one, uh, in Astro Burger, when Liv has eaten the brain of somebody that's paranoid and uh, delusional, and the whole episode, like, like we're in season one, we're forgetting why Major and Liv should be together. So they give us this like fantasy moment of uh of Liv telling Major, you know, that she's a zombie and uh and he's uh not mad at her anymore and uh they get close again and then we realize that like Johnny Frost is he's not real when he's talking to her and so then that that makes us realize that the the while Liv is talking to Major that that wasn't real and uh, that was just such a great like I love that episode. Isn't oh, that um, isn't that a Scott E's brain that she eats? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, that was such a a like a play on the mind that episode because I did not see that. Uh, Johnny Frost was actually an illusion of hers this whole time. I was like, what? Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, and that, that little fantasy that she had with Major, and he's totally cool with her being a zombie, and then all of a sudden, didn't he say, like, I'm, they're zombies, and I'm going to kill all of them or something like that. I was like, oh, poor Liv. I mean, <laughs> that whole first season was just like a kick in her heart, uh, basically, finding out that Major knew about zombies, and not only that, he just despised them, and he was going to take all of them out. But her on uh, those like Astro Burger brains was actually pretty funny. I really enjoyed that. The first season it was very uh, charming in that you know first season sort of way, and just really poor live, poor live. But um, Robin, what do you think about uh, Steph's choice and poor live just kind of being? delusional this whole episode uh, absolutely uh yeah i remember uh just going what when you know johnny frost the delusion of him like melts away as she discovers that he's actually on the tv and that's not really johnny and uh and you know then and then finding out you know there's this video that has her eating a brain that's right after the boat party and Major shows up with the stolen brain saying he's going to kill all the zombies. So it's like she had that amazing, like, accepting moment with Major uh, earlier, but it wasn't actually. It was just, you know, what she had a delusion of. And now she, he's actually someone that she she might have to be worried about. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, kind of 
piggybacking on that whole, you know, Liv has to be a little now weary of major, I kind of want to jump into my pick, which is the number mm-hmm. eight pick, because it kind of greatly correlates to a stuff pick and what you were saying, Robin, but it's major shooting up meat cute. Because it's such a great scene. And, you know, first of all, with someone who has the name Major Lily White, you know, (laughs) it's not the the manliest or strongest of names. And he, you know, it's nice that they made him, what, a um, a social worker, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's he's helping for help and shelter. Right, right. uh, One of the best names ever. (laughs) <laughs> oh, can we just take a moment to admit that they come up with the best puns in this show? I mean, everything. Oh, Live more, chase graves, fill more graves. Oh, just meet cute. Oh, meet cute. It's just amazing. I'm so going to mm-hmm. miss these writers. Uh, but yeah, you well, know, we just finished watching Veronica Mars, and mm-hmm. you know, the moment that I realized. That one of the restaurants in the food court was Spaghetti Western. I was like, I love this so much. <laughs> really quick, how do you guys feel that they're actually bringing back Veronica Mars? And do you hope to see some of the iZombie actors on Veronica Mars? I'm I'm really no, excited about the about return that. of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, the iZombie actors do show up, um, that they have to, I mean, <laughs> uh, and let's, you know, I don't know, uh, what their schedules are like, but gosh, it'd be great to have, have them on. I mean, uh, both, uh, Rose and, uh, Robert Buckley were on play it again, Dick. So they, they have to, they have to at least get, you know, Rose and, and Robert Buckley back. I'm very much hoping. So I know that Raul is, uh, is uh, actually playing the voice of Harley, not Harley, wow, he's playing the voice <laughs> of a character, I think Scarecrow, in the yeah. Harley Quinn animated series for DC Universe. So, But I'm not sure how much of his time that is actually going to take since it's voice acting. But yes, very much hope to see some of them on. <laughs> well, we do know that, uh, you know, if, you know, pour one out for Isabel, uh, but the actress uh, Isabella Vidovic is going to be on uh, Veronica Mars. So that's cool. That's awesome. Definitely. So mm-hmm. if we see that trend, uh, hopefully we'll see another one. But um, yeah, so major shooting up Miku. Just love this scene from a character who is very much like docile the whole entire series. And then kind of watching Major spiral out of control as he's mm-hmm. discovering the existence of zombies and everyone's kind of calling him crazy at this point. And if we Mm -hmm. even remember, he was with that one girl who was like, all right, you're getting your, you know, face beat up every single day. You're talking about that there's a guy who was shot and then suddenly he's walking around again. I I need to leave. And he (laughs) shoots up, (laughs) and he shoots up me cute in such a just badass manner. The way he goes in on that, and I am a huge Blaine fan, and I was worried for Blaine because I was like, this guy <laughs> actually might kill him. Uh, Major was not playing around. It was great. Um, so, well, yeah, what's great so, is that, um, you know, Blaine has him locked up in the freezer for, you know, like yeah. an entire episode, and it's torturing him, and, like, you know, 
showing him one of his teenage runaways that he just fed him the brain of. Uh, and, and he does this clever escape where he like pees on the floor. It freezes. The guy comes in, slips and falls. He knocks him out with a leg of lamb and then he gets out of there. But then he just opens his trunk. Uh, the commissar fires up on the stereo inside VQ and he struts back in cause he's, he's going to take them all down. It's it's amazing. It was one of those fist pumping moments of a uh, eye zombie for sure. Yeah, because and his I, life has been turned upside down, mm-hmm. and he's like determined to figure this out. Yeah, he is just a man on a mission, and I have to say, I loved uh, the episode where Blaine had him locked in that freezer because he's trying to like feed him soup, and of course, you know the poor runner runaway who major cared for and I think that was really gruesome for like a CW mm-hmm. show that was incredibly gruesome um, I loved in the shootout where that lady who is the chef and she's like oh I'm just you know the chef please don't hurt me blah blah and then she goes yeah. for it like I'm like he was gonna let you go you dumb person <laughs> yeah, yeah well you know it just it, 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 there's this whole thing where uh, you know we were wrestling with you know Okay, so in normal zombie culture, you just kill zombies. But these are zombies that it, it's a virus. They've they've gotten taken over by a virus where they, they, they all they can create they all they can eat is brains. Uh, so they have to find a way to get brains. But so you, you were kind of wrestling with okay, like for instance in the Exterminator when uh, Liv has to put uh, Marcy out of her out of her misery when she attacks mm-hmm. uh, Ravi as a Romero. And for, you know, a while after that, I was doing this hashtag on Twitter going justice for Marcy because, okay, she was, turned, <laughs> she was hungry, she was going after Ravi, but it's not like it's, an, it's her fault, you know? She was just left in there and went, like, stark raving mad. Uh, but in Blaine's world, where he does shoot up this whole cafe full of uh, uh, zombies, or, you know, the, the charcuterie, I should say, um, these are evil people. It have murdered tons of runaways, and uh, if there's – and, you know, like the, the chef there, like you were saying, you know, she played all meek and innocent, but she was going to kill Major, and she was going to just, you know, mm-hmm. get his brain and serve him up too, you know? So it was kind of – it's funny. Her character was kind of like um, like a, the, the, the chef from uh, Sweeney Todd. I forget what her name was. Uh, the one that uh, – Mrs. Lovett. Mrs. Lovett who served up the meat pies. She reminded me of her a lot, you know? Like, she's complicit. Even if she's just hungry and she's got to figure out a way to survive, she's complicit in murdering a whole bunch of innocent people and taking their brains, you know, children. So, yeah, she deserved a nice shotgun blast. (laughs) Or did he run her into, like, the meat slicer? I forget, one of those two. It was something like that. It was pretty gruesome, as uh, as most of that was. But, yeah, Mm. that... I thought that was hilarious. Um, Steph, what were your thoughts about Major shooting up meat cute? Uh Yeah, just that, it, that, that Major's character had been through so much that season. It, his life turned upside down. He, you know, the, he thought he was going crazy, lost his job. All these children, these kids that he had been taking care of were missing. And uh, it was just um, such a great season finale and uh and a way for Blaine to Blaine is such a villain by the end of 
season one. And for um, also just the the events of Blaine being cured was just, you know, we haven't even gotten and talked about the the cures that they had and and the and Blaine tried to oh my god there's just so much <laughs> yeah when Here's when staff so major and uh live when Blaine when Blaine tells to make like decisions. you know when Blaine tells Liv and Major, like, you know, yeah, you might have taken me down, but, you know, I'm going to make more. And he's got his eyes all red. And then Liv, like, kept him with the the cure, <laughs> which is just, like, perfect. perfect. It did, you didn't kill him, but you killed what he was – you killed all his plans, you know? Yeah. You killed and, like, I mean, his ambition. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and just so sad that Liv and Ravi had worked so hard season one to come up with those cures and – because uh, she was going to be cured, and she just yeah. She uh, oh god, it was just so much, so much going on. <laughs> I mean, in a way, Liz got lucky because remember that's the cure that then turned them back into zombies, but then ended up killing them or would have killed them essentially. Uh-huh. So that's true. Yeah, she she essentially dodged the bullet, and then poor Blaine and Major had to deal with the ramifications of it. So yeah. <laughs> There's just so much that that episode set up for the rest of the series. But, um, yeah, uh, let's talk right along. Robin, I'm going to shoot back over to you for your number seven theme. Okay. Well, I mean, we've spent some time in season one, so I'll skip right over to season two. There, there's so much. Like I said, I, I've got – we've got 29 written down here between us. <laughs> um I say I, I think one of the best moments of season two, I mean, there's a finale, but midway through the season, not midway, you know, most of the way, episode 13, The Whopper, um, which really was kind of set up as a season finale just in case they didn't get any more episodes because, you know, strangely they got, you know, six more episodes that season, but I don't know if they were expecting it. And, you know, it's a big Rob Thomas episode, as a matter of fact, we had Rob Thomas on the uh, podcast uh, after that one aired, and that was just kind of huge for me as well. Uh, so the end of the, the Whopper uh, is the uh, one-day more montage. Uh, I love uh, Les Miserables. Um, well, that and as soon as, as soon as Blaine put on the record, um, and he's talking to uh, Angus, and just that whole monologue with him, and then it goes out to – they just keep the music rolling, and they go out to um, that you know, empty lot where they've been digging and digging and digging, trying to find this artificial leg full of this tainted utopian, which could be used to make a cure, you know, as, as far as they knew. It was a triumph – like the music just like hits this triumphant uh, note as – uh, they finally found it. The Rob, Robbie, uh, Liv, and Major finally found find this artificial leg, and it goes to uh, freeze frame where, uh, you know, I believe like I think it's Robbie that's holding the leg up like a like a lightsaber, and and Liv and uh, Major are at his at his feet, and it and it freezes into that uh, you know the animated. Uh, not the animated, but the the uh, rotoscoped uh, uh, moment. I forget comic. what are those called. It's like, like a, a comic. comic panel. Yeah, yeah, and it says Finn on there, as if it is actually like 
if that was the finale, that would have been a pretty, I mean, not entirely satisfying, but it, it was a, it was a pretty great moment in iZombie and just, oh gosh, I was so happy at the end of that episode. It is an amazing episode. And as you said, I love Les Miserables for the fact that they started playing some of the music there, which I think, isn't it the fun fact that that's from, like, the movie and not the original play because they couldn't get the rights yeah, or something like that? Yeah, we asked Rob about that. He said he yeah. wanted the, uh, the Broadway version, but they accidentally used the film version. Yeah, he didn't even know about it. He, they, they, if you look at the record that Blaine puts on, it is the Broadway uh, cast album. Um, and then he found out after the episode was all put together that, no, they actually got the film version. <laughs> Which is still, it's, it's still good. I mean, it's, it's, it's still a good uh, uh, version of that, that song anyway. So. A, a happy mistake, essentially. But, yeah, I love that scene because we know how much Angus has abused Blaine. And, uh, you know, as much as Blaine can ping-pong back and forth from being a villain to being questionable – uh, we all were extremely satisfied when he got his moments with Angus, which was just hilarious. He has like the old man like makeup on, and he's like, "Oh, it's been so long." <laughs> yes, that's absolutely great. I love the music. I love them uh, digging in, looking for that fake leg, essentially. And yeah, I did notice that it was a little like strange that they uh, had the comic book s finale with it saying Finn, which is the end. So yeah. uh, I didn't know that that was originally supposed to be their last episode. I thought that they had gotten the order for more episodes uh, prior to that. So that's actually very interesting. Yeah, I uh, I think probably, you know, by the time it was already filmed, like that's when they got picked up. But, you know, I think it's great. And I think they had like a break after that. So it was it was a good kind of like mid season finale, if anything. I'm always gonna be a little salty that season two was the only season that got that many episodes. I'm like, Oh come on, we're back to the thirteen episode format. I need more. Yeah. I need more. <laughs> oh, trust me, I've been feeling pretty salty about the CW lately, but uh... <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I mean uh, the fact I'm that they renewed the fact that they renewed I'm Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad at least they aired the show. You know, promote it. Uh, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> yeah, Steph and I were just talking about that before you hopped on. That they have been absolutely horrific with promoting this show, and to me, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking it a little too personally. I'm just saying to myself, that's disrespectful. This is a great show, and people are sad that it's on its last leg, and you can't even promote it, because to them, they're like, ah, who cares if we get the viewers? It's ending anyway, but being like, come on, man, they deserve to go off with a bang. I bet Supernatural is going to get, like, a year worth of promotion before it airs Mm -hmm. its final season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact that they took so long to release a trailer and then they just released it on YouTube. And then like a week later, the social media accounts decided to start uh, posting it. And like, what, who is running this, this show? You know, cause please just put me in charge. I'd be happy to just constantly promote <laughs> on their account. 
Tito did some of that. Come on. I mean, I'm doing it on our Twitter account all the time, but, you know. We only have so many people that are following us. They have like hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> it's like they got rid of their marketing person for iZombie. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you go. It's fine. We'll just do whatever the hell we want to do here. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I remember when I saw that they're having like a sale for all of iZombie stuff in Toronto, uh, and I'm like, oh, too, too, Vancouver, too, Vancouver. Too. Vancouver. It's like what they couldn't like wait for it to end. Like they were kicking the cast out. They're like, all right, we got to sell everything because we got to make some money back here. I was like, oh, it's like digging a grave for us poor iZombie fans. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Steph, do you want to comment on the Les Miserables uh, scene in? Uh, oh shoot, what was it called? The Whopper. The Whopper. The Whopper. Yes. Oh, I don't have any more to say than what. Y'all already covered. <laughs> it's just a great song. It was just it just builds and it was just perfect for the ending there. Fair enough, absolutely. So, uh, Steph, you have the number six slot. Okay, we're going back to season one. We're going to talk about Lowell. Oh, everybody, Lowell. Yeah, oh, everybody loves Lowell. Okay, in the seventh episode of the first season, when Lowell is on Gay Brain, and him and Liv have a date, he comes over to our apartment, and they're just getting to know each other. And I, I love this whole scene. It's like a montage. They're dancing, and she dips him. And it's just a wonderful um sequence of them getting to know each other without the pressure of being of you know being attracted to each other so i just think that is just one of my favorite parts of a zombie i'm gonna say right now that i don't think that anyone was a better fit for liz than lowell i'm just gonna put that out there um liz major uh, endgame uh, it, it's like at this point, I just feel like they've become such different people and they've tried to make it work and it just doesn't. I, I want to bring Lowell back, I'm just saying. But, yeah, uh, Lowell on Gay Brain was absolutely hilarious because, you know, she thought that they had this, like, great connection and he comes over and it's virtually nothing. And she's like, what the mm. hell is going on? And he's like, I'm gay. And she's like, oh. And he's like, well, at least for this brain that I ate. And they're talking about Idris Elba and the, as you said, uh-huh. the fantastic like <laughs> dance montage. And yeah, it was just a great moment for them to get to know each other without the pressure of having to be intimate. Um, and her dipping him was just hilarious. I love that. So um, yeah, fantastic choice. Robin, do you want to comment a little on a uh, role on gay brain? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I love, I'm not sure what that song is, but I, I remember playing it a lot uh, when we, uh, when that aired. I've been, you know, collecting iZombie music all five years, you know. Um, so that was, that was a big song for me. And uh, just that moment, like Steph said, you know, it, it, it took the pressure off. They could get to know each other. It wasn't just immediately hot and heavy. Um, and, and I don't know. He's, he's a good guy. And I don't know. They, I think they, it was great to see, have Liv find somebody. I mean, the first person that she finds as a zombie that, you know, she thought she could bond with was Blaine, but he quickly uh, <laughs> turned on her. Uh, but Lowell was, 
was just, I don't know. He, he was another zombie and he could, that great moment on the phone where she's trying to make up an excuse why she can't come out. And then she realized, Oh wait, no, you're a zombie too. I can just tell you I'm on claustrophobia or not claustrophobia. Right. What is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, agoraphobia. Agoraphobic, right? Yeah, yeah. Agoraphobic. I'm not sure. Acrophobic? <laughs> I don't know. The one that makes you, uh, uh, that you can't actually uh, come out of the house, uh, that brain. So he just comes on, comes on over. And, uh, yeah, and then they have that amazing uh, dance scene. Yeah. That that actually I forgot about that when she told him, you know, I could just tell you I'm on this brain that I can't leave my house and I'm terrified and you understand that. So mm-hmm. that was absolutely fantastic. And as I say, they killed off Lowell way too soon, um, which, by the way, not to, like, you know, skip all around and everything, but his death. His death was just so heartbreaking because the whole time I was watching, I was like, no. No, not not Lowell. You can't do this. And then, again, I'm a big Blaine fan, but it made me question for just a moment. I was like, man, why did you do that? <laughs> so it wasn't all the teenage runaways. You were like, oh, you know, whatever. They're off screen. And he shot Lowell <laughs> in the face on camera. I'm, I'm done with him. <laughs> or, or I'm questioning him. You say, So you're saying he, he shot him in the face, and then you're like, I don't know about Blaine. <laughs> you know no, what she this is what she's saying she's saying that in the show you you know you're you're wonder you know Liv is supposed to shoot Blaine and uh instead Blaine shoots Lowell and at that moment you're like uh maybe I would rather Liv shoot Blaine and we could keep Lowell <laughs> correct well a bit of both a bit of both because <laughs> yeah. it's 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 just David Anders. He plays Blaine so well. And look, if we didn't have you know him in the series, like he definitely is a big part. Obviously, all the cast is amazing, but it's obvious that they just keep writing storylines for him just to keep him in because they like David Anders so much. Oh yeah. So that's yeah, just he's so good at playing the bad guy. He's so good, but Lowell, like. I again, I just think that he was better for Liv. I forget because I probably should have done a rewatch as well. But who was the like the romantic interest in season two? Oh, Drake. Drake, yes, she had a lot more chemistry with Lowell than she did Drake. Yeah, and that was one where she did get in hot and heavy like right off the bat because she was on uh, Fifty Shades Brain. It didn't start with a friendship, you know? She's immediately in in bed with him. Uh, Well, yeah, uh, and there was another zombie, too, down the line, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. Lowell on Gay gay Brain is just fantastic. Um, So I'm going to hop over to the uh, number five slot, and now that we're kind of at the halfway in this list, I'm going to pick some more intense scenes because I really want to talk about this because this is such a pivotal moment, guys. I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about Clive finding out that Liv is a zombie. Um, oh, God. Just, just because I didn't know that – I didn't feel like we were ever going to have that moment. I thought that Clive may have been in the dark for the whole entire series. 
but then obviously we have Major in prison. Liv needs to find a way to get him out, and she goes there with desperation on her face, obviously, and, you know, it's everything is ripped apart, you know? And that scene when she tells him Major is a zombie and he's kind of laughing at it, he's like, I know that you're stressed and everything, but come on, this sounds ridiculous, blah, blah. And then when finally she admits it, I was watching it, and I, like, got off my couch because it was like, oh, my God. I was like, she finally said it. But, again, of course, who's going to believe that right away? And then she literally, like, stabs herself in the chest just Mm -hmm. to prove to him that, hey, I really am what I'm telling you I am because, obviously, I guess that would be the only way to prove it to him, and then her eyes go red. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, now Clive knows. Um, that was just so intense to me. I think that, w- I believe that was either the uh, season two's finale or the episode before the finale. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I forget which. Yeah, this, uh, is the, uh, this, is the, this is the episode Deadbeat. It is the penultimate episode of season two. Okay, yeah. That was just, it was such a good episode. It was such an intense moment between them because I didn't think that they were going to end the episode like that with her going to Clive's apartment, which then, you know, put him at odds with Dale. And that was super Mm. sad because they were so good together, but he had to help out Major just for the simple fact that he knew the dangers of having a zombie in prison were. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be my number five slot is Clive finding out that Liv is a zombie and the existence of zombies altogether. So, Steph, what are your thoughts? You know, what were your thoughts in that moment? I, I don't... I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Let's see. I don't remember uh, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was huge. Right, it well, was huge. And and just him, you know, she, you know, stabs herself in the chest and just that look of Clive, like, Liv, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) like she's about to like commit suicide in front of him, you know, (laughs) and I also like the fact. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, he must have been thinking like, damn, don't kill yourself over major. Like he's the chaos (laughs) killer. He's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. And you yeah, know, that it, would, it, it, it would have just been terrible. It would have just been terrible if it, we, she had to get Major out of jail. Like it would have been terrible to to keep him in jail. And Clive was his her only hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's great about that is that there's this thing where. Uh, you know, when Major gets put away and that earlier in the season when uh, Liv gets locked up, like we can't have a zombie uh, going Romero in prison. Like if you run out of brains, yeah. you start losing your mind and then you'll go after any brains. Uh, um, and, uh, and so, so there was that danger building up. And so at the end of Deadbeat, uh, Clive gets Major out of this prison and you know when it then they show the the preview of uh, the next episode, Salvation Army, and you see these zombies running rampant in what looks like some sort of lockup, <laughs> where <laughs> it turns out that the uh, the party is like kind of a lockup party, 
um, you know, kind of like prison themed and, you know, for, for Max, uh, for Max Rager. So I, I love the idea that they had this premise of, you know, we, we had been kind of hypothesizing all th- season, like theorizing going, okay, so, uh, what is, you know, what if there is a major zombie outbreak? What if, uh, uh, somebody, uh, you know, it gets scratched in prison and then one leads to the other and there's this whole prison full of zombies that are going to escape and that they've been toying with this all this time. And then all of a sudden that literally happened, but it was at a locked up party in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. It looked good for the promo. Yeah. And which was honestly ridiculous on like Vaughn's part that he is like, we're going to have a lockup party. It's like, oh, how pretentious is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) And can we talk really quick that poor Rob Thomas uh, got his Mm. brains eaten out in the season finale, which is so meta and is so hilarious on iZombie's part that they got to do that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, in our our Veronica Mars rewatch, we found another... uh, somebody saying something about Rob Thomas, you know, but talking about the singer. Yeah. I love that. It's a, it's a funny in joke. Um, you, you cannot believe the crap that guy gets away with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, before I started watching I zombie, I had no idea that there was like another Rob Thomas out there. Oh. So when I first heard that, you know, like done by Rob Thomas, I was like, wow, that's really cool. That's, Singer is very talented. Oh, and then I look and it's like, oh, wait, no, there's another Rob Thomas. So I am sure that they get that all the time, and that's why he has a lot of fun in his shows kind of poking at it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was just great. Um, oh, that whole, like, season finale of season two was just really good, I think. I don't know how you guys feel, but I thought season two was, like, one of the best seasons. I just think that it had so much in it. Um, I'm not sure if it's because it had the extra episodes, if maybe I feel this way, but it's just, it was really perfect. It was really just a great season. Not that the other seasons weren't fantastic, but I just think that season two had so much to it. It hit its stride. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was was a different show. You know, they had a nice, you know, they had a great villain who was like a corporate a-hole and then this duplicitous daughter that uh, was, you know, working undercover and then the whole chaos killer stuff and how conflicted we were throughout the season about what Major was doing and then the uh, Mm -hmm. revelation that Major actually wasn't killing zombies. He was saving them. He was freezing them. Um, It it was a lot of uh, great stuff in that season for sure. It is one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, and the Major thing, him getting arrested. Um, Was it Mm -hmm. the second season or the third season that he, oh no, I'm sorry, it was the second season when he suddenly transforms into a zombie and we had never seen Major really do that and he was so adamant about never wanting to become a zombie, he was so, uh, you know, hateful towards it mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he uh, raged out for a moment and I was like, oh god, is, is Robbie going to die now? Robbie <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. quick with a needle. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Ravi was definitely, uh, has always been the un, unsung hero of iZombie. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Robin, I'm going to shoot over to you for the number four slot. 
Oh, wow. So we haven't done so much uh, season three and season four, so I'm going to have to uh, uh, hit a pretty pretty emotional one for me. And I had uh, the writer, Sarah Seide, on, on the podcast uh, to talk to her about it and kind of cry over the phone to her about uh, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is from a, a pretty wild episode, Spanking the Zombie. Uh, and you know, I, I, I actually had two moments from there, but you know, one's lesser because it, it's basically when, uh, Liv makes Jimmy her sketch bitch. That was, uh, pretty, pretty hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> but the end of the episode is what I, I would say my pick is, is, uh, when major is, you know, pretty much on the edge of death and, uh, and he spends this one last night with Liv and, you know, they're really honest with each other. You know, uh, she tells major because basically they're, they're coming to the point where, you know, he takes this, uh, this cure, this vaccine or whatever, um, can never get all the terminology correct, but, um, uh, he realized, you know, they realized that if he takes this, his brain is going to get wiped out much like Blaine's and the major, that we know and love is going to be gone. All his memories of live, all his memories of his life are going to be gone. And so it's just this, this heartbreaking uh, scene where they're talking about this and they, they spend one last night together and they wake up in the morning and Robbie comes in and it's just this beautiful moment. I mean, Pearl Jam is one of my favorite bands. So Pearl Jam's playing over it. And, uh, and uh, you know, Robbie kind of jokes a little bit, but then you know, they give him the shot and they just kind of wait for um, him to start losing his mind. And that's how the episode ends. And it is, it's so, so many tears for that, that one, that one uh, scene. And it was only like the fifth episode of the third season. It was like, they had barely gotten into the season and they already made this like heartbreaking thing happen. Oh yeah. That was just so sad to see major deteriorating and coming to the realization what would you rather die or forget everything forget mm-hmm. live and at this point Liv and major has been through so much but she you know spends that one last night with him and yeah that was totally I, I love that you got the writer by the way for your yeah. podcast <laughs> And isn't, and isn't the, de- the death of identity kind of a death in itself, you know, like he's going to either die or, or die, you know, <laughs> like right. everything that he is gets wiped away. And now he is Gern Blanston. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, it was so sad. Um, I-, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Steph, what were your thoughts? during this whole, you know, very sad scene between them. Yeah, well, and it's just like going back to the the, uh, the morality of zombies versus humans. Like, if you do forget everything and you just become a different person and being a zombie, are you a different being and not human, but you're, uh, you still have the capability of being turned back so yeah, it was just like just a lot going on. Mm. Yeah, and it, you know this scene because we obviously saw what was happening with Blaine, and so we had to think to ourselves, well, does that mean now we're going to have another character who's uh, you know has amnesia essentially walking around? 
But I love that it was Major's uh, journey that pretty much showed us that that whole thing was kind of bullshit. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That it was, you know, Major who kind of revealed, like, yeah, you lose your memories, but for, like, what, a day, two days? Yeah, 48 hours. 48 hours. And I love the fact, first of all, that they made Major have two moms. And they did it in such a subtle way, too. I just love that, um, those little mm-hmm. things that they kind of put in there. But, yeah, uh, and then we just totally saw, you know, Blaine is totally lying right now because Major mm-hmm. just proved that. That was just yeah, Because the whole time you're thinking, Blaine could be lying. This could just be his devious way of escaping, you know, the, the things that he's, the bad things that he's done. It, that's what could be going on, and then it's, revealed that yeah Blaine's just a bullshit artist <laughs> I mean, and that is I mean uh, you know that's another moment I wrote down was the fact that you know when Blaine is like pouring wine for Peyton and he's got they have I don't know takeout mm. she says something about how Major took the took the cure and um, and so he knows like the jig is up so he he confesses to Peyton about uh, what what's actually been happening and at the same time majors you know who has gone missing uh that live lost track of because she was on hot mess brain uh he calls and says and says that he's all right and that it works you know and so live realizes that oh my god i'm i'm gonna be cured (laughs) oh there's so many times that the cure was just ripped from Liv's <laughs> fingers. It was, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it was so sad. But, uh, you know, Robin, that scene that you're talking about with Blaine and Peyton, you know, I felt really bad because he was asking her all these, like, hypothetical questions. And she was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I feel that people can change and yada, yada. And he's like, oh, great. That means, like, we're going to be cool. And then he tells her, and she's like, you bitch, uh, not only did my friend have to suffer, but my other friend had to suffer, and you've been lying to me this whole time, so F you, mm-hmm. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> right, exactly. I was so proud of Peyton in that moment because I, I, I had been, you know, nervous about, about her and her relationship with Blaine that she had kind of lost all sense of, <laughs> like, yeah. she was – she, 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 that she would forgive him about that. Like, oh, it's no, don't worry about it. You're a different person, even though you're not a different person. Uh, I'm so glad that she was just like, no, you, you nearly uh, killed my friends. You know, Major almost died making this choice. And thank goodness he, he took that shot or else he would have just died. And it would have been because uh, Blaine didn't tell the absolute truth that in 48 hours, his memory returned and everything was okay. Well, yeah, yeah she chose her friends you- over Blaine. Mm, yeah. She she was very before that like stand by my man like you know mm-hmm. way because yeah. Ravi tried to tell her a lot of them tried to tell her like hey this is probably not the good uh, decision that you should be making but you know she was like no he's changed yada yada um, I love mm-hmm. that Donnie was the one who really kind of called it with blame like oh yeah. you know what From did you say. <laughs> What did he say to Ravi? He was like, um, uh, yeah, from the beginning, but he was like, um, oh, he was talking to a guy named John, and Ravi's like, do you know how many oh, yeah. Johns there are? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, no, he was like, John, we only know one John. So, yeah, Donnie definitely, and that's the thing, 
not to go like too off track, but I loved uh, Donnie's character's progression throughout the series. Because mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh, this guy is a little, um, you know, sneaky the way he's using Blaine's amnesia uh, to his advantage. But then you just really saw that he was just kind of doing exactly what Blaine does and being smart and kind of trying to take advantage in order to, you know, get his own way. So you kind of couldn't have gotten mad at him. And he, what's the actual Which is why. Bryce, uh, Hodge? Mm, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Hodgson. No, I was just going to add on, like, that, which is why it was hard to, uh, you know, tell if Blaine was lying that time because he dealt with Angus and Angus kind of humiliating him and taking away all his money. And then Donnie and Chief are uh, just basically using him as like a stool pigeon. But I think Blaine was happy in this diminished role and having a new chance at life as being a lounge singer and being with uh, Peyton. <laughs> uh, and all, you know, his, his it's like, um, uh, it's it's like a Black Widow in the Avengers, how she'd always wanted to get the red erased from her uh, notebook and kind of start again. Her red erased from her ledger, she says, and uh, that's what that's what Blaine had. Um, and but they threw enough at him to have him, like I said, the the Angus thing, the the Donnie like talking to him like he's an idiot kind of thing, that you're waiting for Blaine to crack, but he never does. Uh, so. I still was like, maybe he is, maybe he did lose his memory. Uh, I wasn't sure, but yep. Yeah, because he was very good at concealing uh, any sort of truth when it came to his memory because Donnie was fully just embarrassing him in front of everyone. They were taking advantage, but I, I guess that just goes to show you that Blaine is willing to wait the long haul because look at this, you know, Chief uh, was killed and Mm -hmm. Donnie was essentially, you know, run out of business. You know, they couldn't do the utopian business anymore. Um, And Blaine just kind of didn't, Blaine didn't want any of that, you know, anymore. I mean, the guy got killed over it with Mr. Boss, Mm -hmm. which was such a good scene. But anyway, I (laughs) (laughs) another scene where there's, Fantastic music. Um, what was it? Wider Shade of Pale. Just so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that scene. Definitely. Definitely that scene was fabulous. But, um, uh, Steph, what is your number three moment for iZombie? Oh, gosh. And feel oh, free gosh. to add in uh, five other moments that we just said. So. <laughs> <laughs> I said, feel free to add in five other moments like, like we just did. <laughs> I do that for every podcast. We end up like with one thing, and it's like, yeah, but let's let's talk about this as well. So you know, <laughs> it's just how it goes. <laughs> okay, this this is what. Okay, I want to talk about Clive. I want to talk about season three, episode nine, twenty sided die. I love the culmination <laughs> of Clive realizing that he is a nerd. You know, because we've got the him watching Game of Thrones. And he getting all into Game of Thrones and like being surprised that he liked Game of Thrones, and now he is like, oh, I like this. Uh, you know, you got to have strategy and you got to, uh, you know, in this game of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Where's the list? Sorry, go ahead, Steph. <laughs> I was just, you know, it was just fun. That was so much fun. 
I love that, that scene because, as you said, Clive is such a big nerd because he was so, uh, like, hesitant. Not hesitant, I'm sorry. He just didn't want to play Dungeons & Dragons. He thought it was so stupid at first. And then all of a sudden he's like, we need to be doing that every single week. Liz, you need to keep <laughs> some of that brain so that we can, like, get in on it. Um, he was mm-hmm. just really into it. And as you said, I love, like, by the way, tonight, guys, uh, I don't know if you two watch Game of Thrones, but tonight is supposed to be the big battle in Game of Thrones, so Clive would be losing his shit right now. Oh, but, yeah. oh trust me, I already got the idea of making a themed tweet for that for tonight, because, yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm probably too. just as psyched as Clive would be. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the scene when Robbie's like, Clive, what's chores are our Martin doing right now? Not writing. <laughs> Not writing. Uh, yeah. Um, Robin, do you want to comment on Clive and just being continuously surprised of how big of a nerd he actually is? Yeah, I mean, uh, he he just kind of starts off like saying, like, I'm Earl, you know, I'm just a like a dwarf or something like that. And, and, and yeah, as the game cuts in further, he is so obsessed with finding the lich. Uh, just so, so much fun. But, you know, he, he talks about earlier in the uh, comic book store that he used to be into the Flash. He used to read Flash comic books. And, you know, we find out. I, I love that uh, we also get the scene. Uh, well, there's a few. Like, there's there's the one where Bazio gives uh, uh, Ravi the scrapbook. Uh, and, and it shows Clive dressed up like Cal Drogo. And he's like this, this whole hidden side, and then we see him uh, discovering Game of Thrones with um, I want to call him Alfie, but it's not Alfie. What is his name? Oh, the little boy, right? The little boy, yeah, yeah. And just we get that get scene of him like just kind of casual Wally. watching. All of a sudden, what's that? Is it Wally? Wally. Wally, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's casually. Casually watching, and then he's sitting forward, like intensely watching while the kid sleeps. You know, <laughs> with that terrible uh, mustache that he has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then in the fourth season, I believe we get another scene where you know it's on a, the the whole uh, city's on a lockdown, and where's Clive? But uh, uh, holed up in in you know a D and D game with uh, Ravi Vampire Steve oh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy the Sketch Artist. Oh, the fact that he continued doing his D and D nights was hilarious. Like, and the fact that they, oh, I loved Clive, like just being an absolute nerd, and him dressed up as Cal Drogo was the funniest thing that I've ever seen. Like, wow, this guy is legitimately into it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Clive is just such a fantastic character, and again, kind of going off on our tangents where we are exploring other scenes as well um you know he's just everything that we found out about Clive throughout the series um how he was such a great defender of like children and everything especially with that one father who was incredibly abusive to his dad Mm -hmm. and he goes and pretty much like you know breaks police protocol just to kick this guy's ass and Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think that he's a great character. I can't wait to see even more scenes with him. I'm glad that he and Liv has, have always continued their, you know, uh, friendship, uh, however it's developed, you know? It's, just, it's been so yeah, good. Sure. Tag me and pasty. 
What did you say? <laughs> Cagney and Pasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So finding out Clive is a huge nerd is definitely an A plus uh, for iZombie. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna hop into the number two spot. And it's kind of a big one. I also, again, want to comment on a few other things in my pick. Uh, Yeah, I can't even talk today. Sorry, guys. I haven't had my (laughs) second cup of coffee for the morning. Uh, But I wanted to do uh, Chase Graves, who I I love that character. Again, this may surprise both of you, but I've never watched Veronica Mars. Um, Get on. I'll be on Hulu soon. (laughs) You will look at Chase Graves completely different. (laughs) Maybe more intensely. (laughs) As soon as they put it on Hulu, I'll get to watching it because I definitely need, like, more Rob Thomas content in my life. But I really like the character Chase Graves. I know that it's questionable. Apparently, I just like the questionable characters because obviously liking Blaine as well. But... Mm. um, you know, I, I love the whole character of Chase. I definitely think that there was some sort of an uh, inner turmoil uh, with him when he had to order Renegade's death. Because we have that whole episode where it's almost done in, like, flashbacks of Chase remembering him uh, speaking to Renegade and her crimes and what has to be done. And if we remember, Chase tried to put it off as much as possible, even though the punishment for scratching a human and turning them into a zombie was death, but he didn't want to do that at first because, you know, she's like, what, a middle-aged woman who just essentially thought that what she was doing was right. But eventually it had to come to the point where Chase wanted to uh, maintain Seattle's neutrality and keep them away from being bombed, then he had to make a statement. And I think it was a very hard yeah. statement for him to make. And that scene was absolutely heartbreaking the way that they filmed it. First of all, I'm mm-hmm. very happy that we didn't see anything, that they didn't actually show the head crushing. You just essentially saw everyone else's reaction um, yep. to that scene. But yeah. I think that that was a very powerful scene. I think that, again, Chase didn't want that to happen. It was just ultimately the hard decision that he had to make in order to save Seattle because at the time, if you remember, the U.S. government was ready to push the, push the button. They were ready to nuke it and completely demolish Seattle in order to prevent the zombie virus from going any further. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to pick uh, number two as Chase uh, executing Renegade. Robin, what do you think about this scene and, you know, just that kind of whole thing? I mean, it, it was a hard choice. I don't I don't agree that he should have done it because, you know, I, I always believe more, like, don't murder people no matter what. Um, it, but I don't know. It, it was a, it was a, you know, what, I'm not sure what his choice was because, yeah, He's trying to curtail uh, like the coyote stuff because uh, New Seattle is starving. So uh, uh, maybe uh, he should have done more on. I, you know, I, I wish I had ideas for him, but uh, him him killing Renegade was like just a really harsh thing to do, 
And because, uh, you know, she was a nice person. She was just trying to help people. And, and just like, you know, a, a lovely uh, memory of uh, Liv uh, helping her that Liv didn't even remember, uh, you know, that came up as well. It, it was a heartbreaking scene. And uh, I think one of the biggest uh, things for me, I kind of focused on, on Liv's reaction to it. And yeah. the moment where she's yelling for Major, and Major is just kind of standing there, you know, solid like a you know a soldier, and and either not hearing her or trying not to uh, pay any attention and focus on his work, uh, you know, and and whatever is going on inside his head, uh, whether he really is turned to the dark side, or he's he's not sure what else to do, so he's kind of just falling in line. Um, it, it was a big moment for sure. Well, you know what has Major actually done? You know, you had Chase with all the old other soldiers. I think that his only choice really was to just kind of stand there and unfortunately witness it. But yes, uh, Liv's reaction was definitely a standout moment for that, her yelling his name and desperately wanting it to not happen. And I think us as the viewers, with most TV shows and movies, there's always that convenient little moment that happens that prevents something else from happening. So I think that we all were thinking to ourselves, oh, they're not really going to kill her. <laughs> Something's going to stop it. Um, and that didn't happen. And it was really yeah. sad. Running the... Sorry, go ahead. Well, just, go we ahead. had, they had that head crusher, like, uh, they've been talking about that for like all for several episodes. You knew it was coming. They were going to use it on somebody, and just the dread building. And uh, they finally used it on somebody that it was just it broke our heart for them to use it on. But you knew it, it was inevitable. The inevitability of the of that uh, machine being going to be used was just it just went on for episode after episode. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I was thinking about like uh you know, when you say what would have Major done, well, what did he do in the finale? You know? He Liv was yeah. on that uh melon smasher and uh it was his interruption that, you know, got the got the ball run, rolling about uh, you know, stopping that and then ending up with uh Chase on the melon smasher. So Well they you know, Major wasn't going you know as lovely as Renegade was, and we all felt bad for her because she says, you know, helping families makes her feel human. You know, to to her, to Major, that's just a person. But he wasn't, no matter how complicated he and Liv's uh, relationship gets, he wasn't going to let Liv be killed. So I think we kind of saw that coming. But do you guys uh, definitely think that this moment was a turning point for Chase, like for, like, say, Liv and such, viewing him, because prior to this, you know, we had a little bit of a complicated kind of relationship with him. Uh, in a sense, he was just maybe the stoic guy who was leading these people since his, uh, you know, sister-in-law died, but, you know, and then Liv sleeps with him. So that was kind of like the source for funny moments with her, like, oh, you know, this guy still thinks I want him, but, you know, whatever, it was just a booty call. But now it's like, no, you set in stone that there's really serious consequences for us zombies, and we all have to be afraid. Yeah, that was the moment when Chase uh, stepped over the line. I mean, he did a lot of questionable things, um, but 
we we were sort of uh, you know rooting for him. But yeah, he made that choice, and I mean, I just I couldn't I couldn't uh, sympathize with it. I, I mean, I guess I could, but I also was like, there are better options than murdering someone. <laughs> and uh, and it's the same it's the same with Major Major just standing there, uh, letting this innocent person get killed for what helping people. Uh, there's. I mean, Major has a big heart. He he was a social worker. He helped uh, teenage runaways, you know, and all of a sudden, a couple of years later, he is uh, standing there uh, witnessing a murder and just, you know, paying attention on just holding the crowd back. And that's it. You know, so it was it was a huge turning point for Chase. And uh, I am glad that uh, that uh, Major ended up coming back to the good side towards the end of the season, even though, yeah, like you said earlier, Liv and Major's relationship as a result to all, the, to all this is, is complicated now. Well, Major definitely has had an interesting journey because he was human. There was nothing tying him to uh, the organization, and he was the one who went to Chase and said, you know, scratch me, I want back in. Because this guy who started off this series just being absolutely disgusted with zombies finds that the only way that he feels normal is now being a zombie. So that was very interesting that they went that yeah. way with his uh, with his storyline, you know. And well, I think after that, Natalie is murdered, uh, you know, yeah. he found him, I think found himself disgusted with humanity. So he went back to uh, the place where he felt, uh, you know, accepted. Oh, that scene with Natalie when like mm. freaking oh, I was like, oh my god, what? What is happening right now? Uh, I that was a that was a hard that. credit right there. That was that was like, <gasps> and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I know that he like felt bad for her, and they had a little bit of a touching moment, but he barely knew her. But made and then Major kind of just jumped into a relationship with her really quick. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a little odd, but I was like, okay, whatever, like let him go off to where was it Italy with her and Liz can be with Justin and yada, yada. Well, it's and interesting. Always- it was, it was, uh, it was all he really wanted with Liv. He wanted to uh, bond with her in that way. And he, he found himself, I felt he found, he opened, ended up opening up uh, himself uh, much like he wanted to do with Liv, but never, you know, never really got to, um, so that it was interesting that I felt like Natalie was a was kind of a, a live surrogate for him. Absolutely, that he could be the way he wanted to be with Liz, but you know, instead had Natalie. And Natalie was, you know, called him out on his shit a few times and was able <laughs> yeah. to kind of like put him in his place a little. So that was good. Um, they just they did her so, so dirty, just killing her. Also, also one more one more thing about Natalie compared to Liv is that, you know, Major uh, wants to rescue Liv. He wants to help her. And what did Natalie do? But you know, let him get rest. You know, let him rescue her. Uh, you know, he he went up into the to the high tower apartment building to to give the cure to the princess. You know, uh, yeah. uh, and uh, then she she came back. She was she to to kind of you know thank him, and that's I. I I, I think he, I think Liv is somebody that, you know, is does push Major away because she has, she's got this job to do and won't let him help her. Uh, so maybe that's what they need to, the, that barrier they need to get over. I don't know. 
Do you actually think that Major and Liv are endgame for iZombie? Absolutely. <laughs> OTP. What do you think? What do you think? OTP. Oh, yeah. OTP. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, guys. These Lowells and Drakes and oh, uh, who was Justin? You know, that's just Tim. You know. <laughs> Tim? Well, I don't even remember uh, a Tim. <laughs> Brainless in Seattle. <laughs> oh, that's right. Her little, like, <laughs> lover for, like, a hot second that she thought was, like, the love of her life until she, like, got Oh, let's not forget her. Levon. Oh, Levon. I like oh. Levon. Levon's great. I thought- I thought personally she didn't have a whole lot of chemistry with Justin. I was iffy about her and Drake. I mean, it was fun. I just didn't see it having any, like, longevity. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Lowell was definitely, like, someone that I was rooting for at some point. <laughs> for sure. Who knows? Her and Blaine could get together. You never know. But, uh... Nope. Nope. <laughs> I will delete all our podcast episodes if that happens. Close down the That is your Burn no it to the ground. <laughs> I'm going to burn it all down. At some point, we all need to have, like, a bet what we think is going to happen, and then we'll see, like, who actually comes out right in this situation. But, uh, guys, we are actually down to the number one slot for our top ten iZombie picks. Um I know that you guys had about, like, 29, so we've uh-huh. done, you know, a pretty good job of kind of going through everything. But before we get to number one, as I always do, I'm just going to read off the list. Uh, for number 10, we had Liv finding her calling. For number nine, we had uh, Liv's, you know, uh, heartbreaking moment with Major before he took the, uh, the vaccine. Eight was uh, Major shooting up Meet Cute. Number seven was the Les Miserables scene. Number six was Lowell on Gay Brain. Number five was find, uh, Clive finding out that Liv is a zombie. Number four was uh, that other very tender moment between Liv and Major. Number three is Clive being just a big nerd. And uh, number two is Chase killing renegades. So, Robin, I am going to give you the honor of taking the number one slot. I feel like I need to just cap this whole thing by uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say number one, while not being the best moment uh, uh, in, in, in ranking, I feel in a way to cap this, I'll say that the number one moment I'm going to give to uh, live at the end of season four uh, pretty uh, broken by the events of all, you know, the, the Melon Smasher and the New Seattle and the army blowing away. Uh, the, the, this whole, like, you know, New Seattle basically going to war almost. And then she walks, you know, she's like ready to retire Renegade. And she walks out of her hotel room when they, you know, they're like, oh, come on out here. I think it was Robbie and Peyton that say, well, you know, come out here. A couple of people want to, you know, say thank you or something like that. And uh, she walks out, and it is just this huge crowd of people that all like to start applauding. And she just—they have this great moment where she just the smile on her face, and she's spinning around and looking up at all the people standing there, uh, just applauding for her. And uh, it was just a beautiful way to end season four, and uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, 
a way to take it from, you know, my first pick where she's just want, she just feels like she's, she's not going to be this monster. This is not going to be this person that just eats brains to sustain herself. She's going to eat brains to, to help people. And she's helped people. And now it's like, you know, so many people just appreciate her because she was, she took on the uh, mantle of renegade and helped people behind the scenes. You know, people didn't know it was a secret thing, but now she is renegade and uh, everybody knows it and they all love her for it. They love her for helping them. Um, I think it was a, a beautiful way to end the season and just, I don't know, beautiful uh, way to just say thank you to this, this awesome character. And uh, gosh, uh, I can't imagine what they're going to do at the end of season five to, to, to cap that, but wow, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I was definitely going to say that your pick uh, certainly complements the, the first, pick on this list beautifully because it's always been Liv trying to find meaning in her life, trying to somehow, you know, rejuvenate herself as a zombie, just trying to that joy again. And she's found it. She's found that she is appreciated. She is no longer the person who's looked at in a disgusting fashion because she's a zombie. She is someone who's looked at uh, in admiration because she's helped so many people. Um, Steph, how did you feel during the ending of season four? Again, I think I've said it all. <laughs> I <don't>, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, just it's really Liz has gone through so much, and obviously now she has the admiration of so many people. I have to ask you guys, do you think that we're finally going to see in season five her mother and brother come back and get, <laughs> no, her get the no admiration way. from them? No, right? I just no. don't see it happening. <laughs> we're so far removed from it. It'd be nice from a, like a super fan perspective, a person that's been watching a lot, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, other than super fans, I don't think anybody, I mean, we, we had Molly Hagan on the show. She was, Wonder, she's a wonderful person, and I would I would personally love to see her back on the show as well as her brother Evan. But you know, I guess you got to think about the people that tune in, you know, every once in a while. And so it, I, I don't know if they're looking for that huge payoff. But then again, it, it's the, it's the final season. Rob Thomas might be like, I'm just going to give it all to the fans, and uh, maybe maybe a nice appearance in, in the finale. Where I don't know say like new seattle ends up opening up and we see um eva and evan uh coming across the border and uh ready to um find live again like like we find out that they escaped or something you know and they've been they they've heard about how wonderful live has been and you know what a hero she is to this this whole zombie community and uh it, it would be it would be a wonderful moment i i i don't want to um I definitely don't want to bet on it, though. I would love it personally, but uh. yeah, I bet well, they probably used their used them for what they needed, you know, early in season one. And I don't, I don't know, I don't see them coming back. But, but yeah, but Rob Thomas likes to bring back characters from earlier seasons. He might do that, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. The only reason why I ask is because, you know, Rob Thomas knows that this is 
the last season, it wasn't one of those things where, you know, he already planned out season five, he already filmed season five, and right. then it's suddenly it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, CW is not going to renew. It's like they knew. So maybe um, I like the idea of maybe that they had left Seattle and that's the reason why they haven't come back. And if they open up the borders, then you can see them. Uh, just, you know, I'm not sure if Liv really cares anymore. I know that sounds <laughs> it's her mom and brother, but she has her family. She has people who love and accept her and have been with her for this journey. But the one thing is that it's not like her mother and brother disowned her because they knew that she was a zombie. They just thought that she was being heartless by not, um, you know, providing her blood for the brother when he was injured. So that's right. the only thing. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'd hate for them, and they, they have such limited time, 13 episodes, probably so much to get through, and we have characters that are here uh, now, you know, so I don't know if I'd want them to spend time reintroducing the characters and then yeah. having Liv and her mom and Evan work out their issues because it's so unimportant to us in these later seasons, but it would be nice mm-hmm. to, to for a super fan just to see like the borders open or something. And that's the reason why we haven't seen them because they've been outside of New Seattle and just see them just kind of crossing the border and super fans will notice them. But I think it would be nice to at least just have a little cameo. They Mm -hmm. can literally just do where the borders open and you see people waiting and, you know, families are embracing and then you just see the mom and the brother coming and they all hug and that's it. I'm not asking for mm-hmm. a big, you know, moment where they talk about what happened and the reasoning and this and that. Just something like that maybe at the end of the season we can have. But, uh, you know, speaking about season five, we're only a few days away from the premiere of the final season. Uh, I'll go to each of you individually and ask what you're kind of hoping for in season five. So Robin, let's start with you. What are you hoping? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> first off, I don't, I don't want anybody to die. I mean, maybe Blaine, maybe Blaine gets a righteous oh. death or something. Uh, I, I think Blaine needs to answer for his crimes uh, ultimately. Um, but as for yeah, yeah, anybody, because, anybody okay, else, sorry, can I, please can I interrupt? Yeah. Because he shot Lowell in the face and then everything was fine. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> He's done so much uh, uh, terrible stuff. Yeah. And uh, as much as we love this character, it's like, it's like yeah, I'd, maybe I didn't want him uh, punished or killed. Um, you know, unless it was like the end of the first season, then – you know, maybe that would have been great. We had David Anders as a big season one, big bad, and it'll probably be like hard to even top him. But as a character that's been on the show the entire time, I didn't, as it went on, I didn't want him to get killed. I wanted him, I don't know, I wanted to see more uh, storylines with him. But in the end, he's done so much awful stuff. And aside from wiping his brain for real. <laughs> And, then, and letting him uh, live a good life, I think. I think it would be great uh, for uh, Blaine to have maybe, uh, uh, you know, do something like I don't know, defend Peyton or something, and, and end up getting killed in the process, or or even just defending Liv. That would be even more uh, amazing, you know. Um, but Blaine's got to die. At the end of the season, he's got to die. Nobody else dies though. Nobody. 
Oh, you're killing me, Robin. You're killing me here. <laughs> no, I'm killing Blaine. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, Steph, what are you hoping for in season five? I have no idea. I mean, I'd, I, I love how the world is so big now that, you know, with those character things like with um, Chase having to put lay down the law with keeping everything uh, inside the walled city because, you know, the United States, the government could bomb the city and just level it and to, to be able to keep the zombie uh, virus inside. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine topping that. Like, ha- we got to expand this world bigger. I, I don't know. I don't know if it, if they'll be able to expand the world. That's just what I'm interested in, how um, the stakes, how the stakes of the series will change. Because we ended in kind of a good place with Chase, you know, Graves being gone and Major being in charge of Fillmore Graves. Like, yeah. how will they establish the stakes and the, the threat for the season? I'm just curious to see. It will certainly be interesting because wasn't one of the last things we saw was Blaine and Donnie preparing to essentially snatch up real estate um, in an attempt to kind of make themselves richer because of the whole zombie thing. And I didn't really understand that that much, but I think they're definitely going to play on it in the fifth season. Uh, mm-hmm. And. I know that I saw one of these rumors online that could Peyton essentially be the new mayor because the yeah. mayor was killed in season four. So I think maybe that is certainly a possibility. I'm kind of going in with really no expectations except for the fact that I want everyone to live, Blaine included. Uh, and I would, I would like live though to be cured. I would like to see that because out of everyone, I mean, we've seen – Blaine be a human again, Major be a human again, Robbie goes in and out with his whole thing. We've never seen Liz become a human again. And I think that I would like to see her reaction to it. And then essentially figure out maybe her her life again because, you know, she had to go through a moment of figuring herself out as a zombie. And now that's how she knows. And afterwards she would have to figure out what's next for her. What does she do now? Will she find that maybe now she doesn't have meaning as a human um, and that she found her meaning as being a zombie? So that would be super interesting to me. Uh, I believe we only have 13 episodes again. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So uh, we got a lot of ground to cover in 13 episodes. iZombie returns uh, for its fifth and final season on May 2nd, unfortunately, and hopefully CW, which I doubt it, will come out with something else uh, to promote it. But that's why we have you guys who are doing the good work here promoting this awesome series that I never thought that I was going to ever be into at all. And it has become one of my favorites, which is coincidentally why it's ending, because every show that I like apparently ends early. (laughs) (laughs) 
But, uh, yeah, I guys, mean, it's been a it's been a rewarding uh, a few years. We've been doing it since before they were uh, they were on the air, and uh, we got sold by just hearing the words Rob Thomas and David Anders is going to be on it. That's you know because we I knew David Anders from Alias and. And mm-hmm. just it was, and you know, Rob Thomas from Veronica Mars. So um, I felt guilty that uh, I didn't catch Veronica Mars until after it was canceled. So uh, I, I, I felt like I needed to uh, get right in on this I Zombie train because I knew it was going to be good if it was coming from him. And it has been good. It's been so great. And wow, I, I can't imagine what's going to happen in the final season. But I, I can only expect uh, an amazing wrap up. Like you said. He knows that it's the final season. He's not going to leave some sort of like cliffhanger or, you know, Veronica Mars ended on a down note because, uh, well, he, he was a little, uh, he, he, the, the series got uh, canceled earlier than, you know, he expected. And, uh, but now I think he's ready to wrap it up. And, and uh, I, I, I'm hoping we're going to have a really fitting uh, ending to this uh, amazing uh, uh, series. And not that any of us can see in the future, but Veronica Mars has had several little revivals throughout the years. We're seeing mm-hmm. one that's going to happen. Do you see the same for iZombie, or do you think that because Rob Thomas knows that this is the end, that, you know, this is it, we'll probably never see iZombie again? I have a feeling this is it. I, 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 yeah. think, that, I think that it's run its course. It, uh, I think Rob... I'm not, you know, I can't say, I can't speak for him. I'm not sure if he had more stories to tell, but, you know, you can only accelerate, you know, enhance the story, blew it up bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, until, you know, I'm not sure where you'd go with it, but uh, I don't know. And and it's also, you know, gosh, I hope when this series goes off the air that more people will start discovering it on Netflix and, uh, you know, it gets the cult following that Veronica Mars has and always will. Uh, but, you know, it, I have to say it, it has disappointed me that it hasn't caught on the way uh, Veronica Mars did, because I think it's just yeah, as worthy because, a series. Yeah, because Veronica Mars is always on one of those lists of, you know, the best uh, dramas of all time, post-Sopranos or whatever. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I mean, and I think that's why people love I Zombies, because they love Rob Thomas's writing, but yeah, I think that this little this little genre show, you know, genre shows never get the respect that they deserve. That's true. Well, I just think that it could be the title of it being called I Zombie and also yep. the fact that it's about talking zombies that may put people off. I mean, we live in a world where people love The Walking Dead and they just want to see their mm-hmm. zombies, you know, walking around like zombies pretty much and to have a show. Although... People really like Santa Clarita Cari- uh, Diet, which actually just, I just canceled. found out just got canceled. Just canceled. It had three seasons and then just got canceled. I don't mean to be a little salty here, but uh, I was kind of, I was like, well, at least I zombie got five seasons. You know, I, I yeah. just thought that was yeah. such a blatant uh, ripoff of iZombie, <laughs> but because it had Drew Barrymore and uh, what's his name, Timothy Olyphant or whatever. You know, yeah. people ate that shit up, and they're talking about, oh my god, this is amazing. She's a zombie, and she eats people, but she also has a family and gets to walk around and walk and talk. And I'm like, you know, that's like I zombie, right? Oh my you god, our first <laughs> female zombie superhero. Like, let's 
Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, live who? I mean, you know, you guys. And I think even uh, Raul Coley did a funny uh, post on Instagram where he was like, look, I'm watching the next season of iZombie. And then it was like, Anna Clarita Diet. And I was like, this man has done more to promote iZombie than the CW has ever done. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. so very true. For sure. Yeah, yeah I love um, when that, that, that video, when the uh, when it plays and you just hear him go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I, I should never be happy for the demise of a show, but I, I can't say that I wasn't a little uh, childish and was like, good, good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> There, there's plenty of things to be like snarky and cynical about about the way that the CW has uh, failed to promote iZombie and the way that you know it hasn't caught on the way, you know, and, and then the Santa Clarita die. And we even gave like season one a shot, and it was entertaining. You know, I I just love it. Was fun. It isn't like a, like a cutthroat kind of thing. I and I definitely. Uh, you know, I, I, whatever we, we're, we have our, our show and we, we love it. And, uh, and, uh, the fandom is amazing. And, uh, I, I, I did come onto the call to hear Steph say that we're the best eye zombie podcast on the internet. I'm just going to say we're one of them. And <laughs> we're, I'm so happy that, uh, you know, other people have picked up a, a podcast mic to, to talk about the show too. This fandom is great. And, uh, I don't think Santa Clarita, Clarita has that. It has, uh, you know, people that watch it on Netflix because it's on Netflix. I wish I wish iZombie caught on like that, but I, I'm not going to hold it against uh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and or Mr. When, uh, Timothy Elephantastic. Yes. <laughs> well, he's not, you know, he's not starving for roles. They're just coming out with the new Deadwood movie. He, he's getting mm-hmm. stuff, you know. He, mm-hmm. This isn't going to hurt him. Uh, yeah. or, or Drew Barrymore for that case. So they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. And so when can we expect another uh, installment of the iZombie podcast from you guys? Uh, we have uh, two bonus episodes coming out this week. We have a another discussion. We, we're just wrapping up our Veronica Mars rewatch coverage um, because we are going to cover the revival as kind of like a bonus uh, to our podcast before we end it. Um, so, so we do have a, I have a, the writer, uh, Dahlia Schweitzer coming on to talk about her book, LA private eyes and to talk a bit about Veronica Mars. And, uh, today, actually, in just a couple hours, I'm going to be talking to writer Bob Dearden, who has been an amazing, uh, friend of the show to kind of, uh, tease season five. So I'm hoping to have both those out this week. And, uh, I think we're going to try, uh, iZombie is on Thursday nights now at eight. Uh, Fridays get a little busy, but and so we're we're going to try to record on the weekends and have it out for people for their uh, morning drive time on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that would be fabulous. I'll definitely have to then start watching Veronica Mars so I can kind of see what the uh, the hoopla is about. But, oh yeah, yeah. We, we, it's a rewatch for us. Uh, we did it in binge watch format, but we yeah. tried not to be spoilery. And the best part about uh, not worrying about spoilers is that neither of us remembers anything, so uh, we can <laughs> we can easily 
uh, talk about things and hypothesize about things and go, I think I remember what happens next, but uh, <laughs> not actually spoil it. So if you're, if you're new to Veronica Mars, it's coming on Hulu before uh, the revival launches. So you can go back in our archives and, uh, and, and listen along, like a few episodes at a time. Yes. And anyone who is watching this, and not watching, wow, anyone who is listening to this, please, you know, go over and follow these guys on Twitter, Facebook, uh, the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. I have enjoyed listening to your guys' podcast for so long now. Um, you really Thank just you. do such a fantastic job. And I really hope that five wraps up for my zombie maybe i can get the two of you back on and we can do it uh best of uh season five together just because mm-hmm. um even for and i love my guys at beat five nation but i am literally the only one who watches iZombie. <laughs> i'm like so guys you know iZombie's coming out with its final season let's do a recap and they're all like i've never watched this and i was like well <laughs> luckily oh, for I sure for sure who are fantastic fan but um it'll be hard to say goodbye to it so it'd be nice to have another chat yeah sure it'll be so hard i'm just not looking forward to it in a way i'm like you know delay it six more months it's okay i can wait (laughs) um yeah that's just how it is uh but steph robin thank you to so much for being here i really appreciate uh your time and your contribution to our top 10 and i and i look forward to listening to your guys next podcast so everyone who's listening please make sure again that you check out their podcast and also check out gvnation.com where we have plenty of awesome content we just did avengers endgame recap and we have a fabulous uh top 10 next week where we're going to be covering the top 10 moments from american gods season two so everyone have a wonderful day thanks bye thanks bye are we hanging up now